Welcome to the talk show for talkers from irishtalkers.com. Welcome to part four of the talk show for talkers here at irishtalkers.com. You're very welcome. And it's the time when I will hopefully encourage you with some new ideas. And today, what I want to talk about is a slightly different topic, but it's one, and it's maybe not one that comes up regularly in Toastmasters, because of course Toastmasters audiences are very kind and very understanding and very sympathetic. But every so often you're going to be talking on a subject which maybe doesn't interest everybody. And there's maybe people in your audience who really would be somewhere else rather than listening to you practicing on about your favorite hobby or your favorite interest. So what we're going to talk about this afternoon is how to convince a skeptical audience. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. The first thing is know your audience. How often do we say this on the show? Well, maybe not every week, but very regularly we say this. Know your audience. Now again, with the Toastmasters audience, you're fairly safe, aren't you? Because, uh, yeah, we tend to talk about very general things. And uh, the audience, as I said, is, is a very understanding audience. And even if they don't really connect with what you're talking about, they're going to be very polite and they're going to sit there and, and they're going to pretend that they're listening well. But have you actually succeeded in the objective of your speech if you have members of your audience who are not convinced that A, you know what you're talking about, B, that they can trust you, or C, that you have understood what they're trying to say and that you can apply or use the lesson that the speaker has given you. So let's think about it a little bit more. Every idea that we'd like to present to an audience is different. There are big ideas, there are little ideas, there are scary ideas. There are, as I said before, ideas that maybe people are not hugely interested in. So we need to understand how our audience is likely to react to what we're going to say. Now part of this is actually understanding where your audience is coming from. With the Toastmasters group, really you haven't the faintest idea because they're going to come from any and every walk of life. But let's say you're going into a conference. Now let's say that it's the, the conference for plumbing engineers, right? And you want to start, you want to talk to them about aeronautical plumbing, right? Okay, so it's about plumbing. Uh-huh, we've, so we, we've, we've got that far. But maybe 75% of your audience actually is not interested in aircraft at all. The other 25% are only interested in the fact that they can fly and there is a toilet on board and there's water in the tap. So you're starting from maybe a poor base. So then you have to think, well, how can I get that sceptical part of the audience to start listening and to connect with. So you need to find a link, not just with the particular 
segment of the subject that you are talking about, but with something that they know and they do every day. Well, everyone goes to a toilet. That's a good start. <laughs> so there is a direct link, obviously, but you can find maybe another link in the average person's life which will be apposite to the particular thing that you are talking about. So that's, that's one thing. Now, the next thing is, okay, rather than trying to win over the, the so-called difficult people, those people who for any reason just are not interested in what you're saying, and let's hope that they're not the majority in your audience, uh, let's try and successfully win over the hearts and the minds of the people who are going to be in your audience, who are going to be taking some sort of interest in your speech. Because, let's face it, if you have a, an audience which is, let's say, 50% with you and 50% bored and against you, then if you can get the ones who are interested well on your side and enthusiastically taking part in the conversation, you're more likely to get the other people who are less interested sitting up and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I, can, uh, I can listen here and maybe there is something that is worth listening to here. So that's one thing that we can do. Now, does it, <laughs> the main criticisms that an audience would have of you are, are you trustworthy? Do you know your, what you're talking about? Anybody can be enthusiastic about their subject, but enthusiasm is only a part, and maybe even only a small part, of being able to convince your audience that you have a right to say what you're saying, that you know what you're talking about, and that you know how to connect to that audience and infuse that audience to start thinking your way of thinking. So, the important things here are that we first of all know the idea that we're trying to get them to accept. We understand the emotional reaction that our audience is having to us. And this is going to be something you have to get, you have to see and feel the feedback from the audience <clears throat> and make sure that you are, you are purveying a level of confidence in what you are talking about. Now, one of the ways to, to get your audience on your side is, of course, to try to involve the audience in the speech. And how do you do that? Well, you can ask a question. You can actually direct something to a member of the audience whom maybe you know their name, and you can mention that person's name. You can tell a story which maybe involves that person. Now, obviously, you have to be a bit careful here. You don't want to offend people, so you don't start talking about um, how Joe Bloggs down there actually made a complete mess of, of his particular bit of plumbing or whatever it is you're talking about. <laughs> but <clears throat> then listen to the feedback that you get. I say listen. 
you'll, there are audio, audio responses from your audience, like laughter or chuckles. There are visual responses, like smiling or shuffling of papers or looking down at phones. There's a whole ramp of audience reaction which you can get if you pay attention to it. And you can react accordingly. If you find you are losing your audience, then you've got to do something about it because once they're gone, they're gone. And it's almost, well, it's very difficult to get them back. So how are you going to convince people that you know what you're talking about and that what you're talking about is something that they want to hear need to hear and are going to be able to take away something from your speech which is going to help them in their future life. <sighs> Paul, <laughs> what's your reaction to this? Have you got to, uh, something you can share to, uh, to improve upon my somewhat... I think uh, it's a difficult situation to be practicing how to deal with a skeptical audience within a Toastmasters club. Because, Indeed. Because as you said, there will be a lot of very polite people, but also there will be a whole room full of people who have taken the Toastmasters promise and the promise that one makes when one joins Toastmasters is to be supportive to uh, each other. Now, an audience that is skeptical may have some supportive people in it, but if it's a particularly skeptical audience, they will not be hoping that you're going to give your best. They'll be planning what they're going to say in response, or they'll be killing every point you make as you make it. So it is a little difficult to do it. I think your advice about linking in to what is on the mind of the audience already is great. Uh, speaking to the most receptive people is also great. You know, don't try and persuade the whole room getting in tune with the response as it goes along is also really good. I think demonstrating authority, you know your subject, you're, you're an expert, and people do have start out with at least some respect for people they don't agree with if that person demonstrates that they have knowledge. I, I would, um, I have used the rhetorical device in dealing with a very sceptical audience of saying to people, I know none of you are interested in plumbing. And this is to a whole audience of plumbers. Yes. <laughs> none of you are interested in plumbing, but of course I'm talking about the kind of plumbing that would be in a supersonic aircraft. Very unlikely, but this lady down here might well turn out to be an aeronautical plumber later on in her career. 
but it's unlikely that those of you who are putting plumbing into the houses on the local estate will be doing that. Now you're, in one sense, you're doing that in order to titillate, to give, 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 soften people's opposition to you. Now you could of course say, is why on earth is a, uh, somebody who's an expert on how to put plumbing into aircraft doing, talking to a whole load of house plumbers, you know, why was the speaker chosen? Well, the speaker may have been chosen in order to demonstrate to the house plumbers how you can make an apparently very boring subject very interesting, mm -hmm. how you can tell stories. So, some way of seeking out what people in the audience could apply your point about, could you use this speech? So, I think somewhere in the middle of what I've said there, must be at least one point which would be a good response to your invitation, Moira. Thank you very much for that. And I, I think you've pretty, pretty well hit the nail on the head that there's probably nothing that that person can say to that audience that will gauge their, get their enthusiasm going more than getting that involvement with that audience member at an early stage. And thereafter, it's a matter of being as convincing in terms of what you know, showing that you are trustworthy in what you are saying. And that's a quite a difficult thing to, to demonstrate, but the best way probably of doing that is to make sure that your background and your background of knowledge is conveyed to the audience, not necessarily within the speech, but maybe in the notes that uh, introduce you to the audience. Well, but you could say, of course, to such an audience, I've done extensive research in relation to what you're interested in talking about today, mm -hmm. and what I've discovered is that there isn't a single person here in this audience who's interested in the plumbing that goes on aircraft. There isn't a single person in this entire audience who has ever been asked to intervene in the middle of a flight across the Atlantic in order to ensure that the pipes are clean. Indeed. At and that point, you are likely to have some interest. Yeah. You know, so telling people, none of you here ever watch television, and you have a whole load of people saying <laughs> to themselves, I do, how dare you say? You can then talk to you, them about it yes. and use that Kind of, but there are other ways of capturing people's attention. But if the audience is sceptical, you can do absolutely nothing until you've neutralised the scepticism. Indeed. So the, the, the biggest skill there then is, is the ability to convince others that the idea that you have is right. Well, and that's also the skill you have to use when you're doing a table topic. Indeed. But we've run out of time, and on that note, we will have to bring the show to a close. Ted Melampi has unfortunately left us, but he did say goodbye. And I will see you again next week, with hopefully with uh, Paul and Ted. So bye um, from Mario O'Brien. From Paul, goodbye until we meet again. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4pm Dublin time. Check on our website, irishtalkers.com, for more information.